Hey, welcome in. Welcome in. It is an emergency edition, bonus edition, whatever you want to call it, of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. So the Chiefs have a new left tackle. We're going to give y'all guys uh, some time to get in here. This is a little bit of a fire drill. I'm here. I'm working. I'm going about my day. And, you know, free agency for all intents and purposes have signed from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Free rattling around a lot of your heads when you were thinking about Orlando Brown Jr. and left tackle. Obviously, Andrew Wiley was also a free agent. We're going to get into that. He's gone. He just got signed by the Washington Commanders. And the Chiefs have signed from Jacksonville, Juwan Taylor, who is uh, every everything I'm hearing about. I'm, I'm not a Juwan Taylor expert, um, but here's the, here are the details, okay? He is going to play left tackle for the Chiefs per James Palmer. The report came from Adam Schefter. Uh, it is a $20 million uh, average over four seasons, which includes $60 million guaranteed money. So that's an $80 million deal with 60, uh, 60 of that guaranteed. It's a four-year deal for John Taylor, who's going to be moving from the right side to the left side. A little bit of lag on my end. So just make sure uh, we've got as much firepower on the old internet for y'all as possible. Let me know if that is helping matters a little bit. Um, okay, Juwan Taylor. So he he played left tackle at Florida just a little bit, as I understand it. Has mostly played right tackle over the course of his career. He was a second-round draft pick by the Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, 35th overall in the 2019 draft. So, you know, here's a guy, he's 6'5", 312 pounds. His arm length is 35 and 1 eighth. And he's got a 10-inch hand span he did 24 reps so so this is the move for the chiefs now i want to pull up wiley real quick so when when people first saw this before we heard from palmer everybody thought this was a replace tackle although it would be a little bit rich so the commander signed wiley just just so you were aware of kind of how these numbers work out the commander signed Andrew wiley to a three-year 24 million dollar deal come in and and likely play right tackle for them so that's that's the difference, right? Uh, we getting some audio cutting in and out. Rats. It might just be internet issues. Okay, you're right back. Hang tight. Okay, still shitty. Hopefully, uh, hopefully not. Um, I'm glad. I, I tried to get back as, as as fast as possible because I didn't want Richard to start dropping his NFL knowledge and put me out of a job. <laughs> so <laughs> Caleb says, let's get the reactions flowing in. Caleb says, got a left tackle. The Broncos signed a terrible right tackle, and then the Raiders signed Jimmy G. Let's fucking go. Yeah, Jimmy G going to the Raiders. Um, absolutely. So this move is is obviously, look, it, it basically comes down to this. The Chiefs decided that Orlando Brown Jr.'s asking price was just too high. Uh, there have been reports that they made him a big-time deal, and he didn't take it. You know, I was pro. We talked about it last week. I was pro. Who else are you going to get? Uh, I was Taylor was not on my radar. He was not somebody I was aware of. Um, but it sounds like he uh, just allowed. Uh, he's an improving pass blocker on the right side. He allowed a um, a pressure on. I think I want to say two two point five percent, something along those lines of his dropbacks. That's what folks were saying. So um, this is good news, I, I think, for the Chiefs because they believe that, according to reports, that Taylor is extremely athletic, and um, they think he can make the change from right tackle to left tackle. Now, 
uh, as Matt Connor joins us. What's up, Matt? Big news happening in the Chiefs front. Chiefs not often a team that makes the big splash signing right at the beginning of the tampering period, but obviously with you know Andrew Wiley departing and Orlando Brown Jr. wanting more money than the Chiefs were willing to pay, the Chiefs had to be a little bit aggressive here if they wanted to try to fill that void with free agent tackle. Sounds like they did. Um, so uh, what's your take on this move by the Chiefs? Uh, I mean, this is this is a lot of money for a move with some questions. Um, it appears, though, at this point that the Chiefs were not going to be able to make a move um, without like paying completely through the nose um, that wasn't going to have some level of question. Like whether you brought back Orlando Brown Jr., you'd have some question there. Um, whether you drafted a rookie and traded up for like a Paris Johnson, you're going to have a question there. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Jawan Taylor has four years of starting experience on the right side. He's had 18 total snaps in his career on the left side for the Jags over the last four years. At the University of Florida, it was the same story. Three years of starting experience on the right side with a handful of games on the left side. So the Chiefs are rolling the dice here that after seven years of highly competitive experience um, on the right side, that he can make the move. Now, he's he's super athletic. He's only 25. You know, you don't make this kind of move unless you believe he can make it. But that's not anything proven. It's, it's, it's all like here in the cards. And the Jags were ready to let him go. They drafted Walker Little, who was ready to take over on the right side. They already have their franchise left tackle. So they made him an offer. It wasn't anything huge. Um, And so the Jags weren't willing to pay this. But the Chiefs – look, Andrew Wiley just got $42 million up to, $42 million over three years uh, from the Washington Commanders. I I mean – I'd much rather have Jawan Taylor at 25 than I would Andrew Wiley. That's no offense to Wiley. We just – we know Wiley's ceiling. Um, he's great as a super sub. We're great to see that move for him. Um, but, you know, yeah. So, you know, Taylor has to answer some questions about his inconsistency up till now. Part of that, though, he had two years with Doug Marone as head coach, one year with Urban Meyer as head coach, another year now with Doug Peterson as head coach. So – You've got some coaching inconsistency there, but you also have some player inconsistency there. Can he play the left side? $60 million, that's a lot of money to throw at someone with that question. And for those who say that that Orlando Brown Jr. was also a right tackle, let's not forget that he played a season at left tackle, subbing for Ronnie Stanley, and won a Pro Bowl in the process before coming over. So this is not identical scenarios of taking a right tackle and forcing him into the right, into the left side. Um, this is, this is an experiment to, for sure. Okay. So you mentioned uh, just real quick on Wiley. You said he can make up, up to 42. I had three years, 24 there. there? Sorry. I superseded those numbers. Yeah. 42. Yeah. 30, I guess that's yeah. a lot. Andrew Wiley makes a lot more in my head than yours. You're right. <laughs> right. Big difference. Just, million. yeah. Just wanted to make sure. So um, do I mean, do you like this move for the chiefs in that, this is obviously a talented player who's still, I mean, he's just 25. So he's still potentially an ascending talent. Um, And they like his athleticism. It seems like he's maybe a little bit more of a, 
of a pure pass blocking guy than maybe Orlando Brown is where Orlando Brown's probably a little bit like Orlando Brown's kind of like your classic mauling right tackle run blocker, right? Lacks some of the speed. So is maybe, um, is Taylor maybe a better fit for the chiefs offensive line on the left side, a little more, maybe a little more athletic, maybe a little quicker playing next to, to Joe Tooney. Well, I, I think you just brought up the factor here. One, he's playing with Joe Tooney. Who's going to make his life a lot easier to make the transition. Two, if you know the plan going in, then you have all offseason to work with Andy Heck, who's done a hell of a job, um, like getting other guys ready to play. Um, so three, Brett Veach has earned any benefit of the doubt here, right? I mean, if the Chiefs say, we got our guy, then you got to trust they have their guy. I'm just saying that it doesn't come with a long runway of proof. There's a lot of questions there. Sure. But at the same time, you know, like I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a doubter by any means. I like Taylor as a 25-year-old. I like him as a proven option. Look, even if he's horrible, I mean, let's say the Chiefs go first round offensive tackle, grab an Anton Harrison, trade up, get a Broderick Jones, whatever, right? Or let's say they wait around. Let's say they take a Dewan Jones from Ohio State, get someone in the second round, compete with Lucas Niang, whatnot. If Taylor totally sucks on the left side, just looks like a human turnstile, right? Somehow yeah. after coaching, somehow with Tooney, all like if it all falls apart, you put him on the right side and you say, hey, why don't you go back to being an above average right tackle and we'll make that work for a while and then figure out another answer later on. It, you know, it's it's not like – it's not like relying complete. What I like about it is it's not relying completely on a rookie where you're like, Oh, it didn't work out. And this guy just sucks and we can't use him anywhere. Right. It's like, Oh, you have a very good option now at right tackle. If worse comes to worse. And if it actually works out, which it, you know, they should give them the benefit of the doubt. This could actually work out really well on the left side. And if it does work out on the left side, the money's just fine. Yeah, and that's what I like about this move and a big brain move by Brett Veach. When you're losing both your tackles in free agency, if you're the Chiefs, you'd rather not go into the draft being like, we don't, we don't have any tackles. Like, we don't have any sure starting tackles. We've got Patrick Mahomes. Interior is fine, but like, what do we do? The other thing that the Chiefs have a, that emergency, like in case of emergency break glass option, is if they had to, they could slide Joe Tooney to left tackle, and he could probably do a pretty a pretty admirable job there. We've seen it before. It's not something that they'd want to do, but it would be easier to take somebody and slide them in at guard than to, to slide somebody to tackle. So knowing that they have that in Joe Tooney, that's just another protection for them. If this doesn't work out, if he's terrible moving to the left side, they could slide him back over to the right side, move Joe Tooney over, and bring one of their reserve guys or a rookie in to play that guard spot. I think it's really smart. It gives the Chiefs the financial flexibility that they have. And as you pointed out, if he, what if he continues to get better? You know, what if he goes over there and he has the athleticism? He joins this really great offensive line with a all-world quarterback who's got just absolutely incredible pocket awareness to help his linemen. Sometimes he can hurt them, right? Sometimes he drifts right. Right, right tackle is a tough job for the Chiefs. Uh, as Sterling Holmes joins us, hair looking phenomenal as always. Um, Sterling, how you doing? 
I know you were in the car, so you've been trying to catch up on all of this, but do you have any initial thoughts on the Juwan Taylor sign? Uh, shock, surprise. Uh, what's interesting here is that Chiefs decided to do another it's a situation where it's a right tackle that they're going to move to left tackle. Uh, that's a little surprising to me. Uh, the overall contract number, the amount was a little surprising to me. Um, they, they, they like the athleticism and they think it should be a seamless switch from right tackle to left tackle, which is obviously promising. Um, but yeah, it's a younger guy, obviously drafted in 2019. They want to go a slightly cheaper route than Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, I'm just a little nervous, if you will, about another guy who's a right tackle who's going to be making the switch to left tackle when you have a half billion dollar investment at quarterback. Yeah, we got uh, th- this tweet comes from uh, our co-host on the show, Adam Best. Juwan Taylor is a much better athlete than Orlando Brown Jr. Mm-hmm. With Mahomes extending plays, it makes sense that Casey wants more of a dancing bear who can keep up with uh, bendy, speedy edges. His arms are actually slightly longer than OBJ's, so no length sacrificed there. Connor and I were just talking, Sterling, about kind of the flexibility that this move gives the Chiefs. As they're entering this this first day of the tampering period, let's just be honest, it's free agency. Free agency has started. They just can't <laughs> – nobody can actually sign uh, until Wednesday. But now that the Chiefs – they have a guy that, that can play above average right tackle is joining the roster who they think has the athleticism to move over to the left side. As Matt Connor pointed out, if he works out on the left side, you've got him on a really nice contract playing left tackle for you. As he enters his prime years, um, he's 25, I think. Um, so that's and you've got him on a four-year deal with 60 million guaranteed should things go wrong he has the ability to slide back over to the right side right no 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 you have that ability but you're not paying 20 mil per <laughs> year, per season for a right tackle hey, hey a, a dude whose pff number was uh just throwing this out there again whatever you think about pff take it as you will 58.7 the Chiefs aren't necessarily paying for the production of Juwan Taylor last year at right tackle. They're paying for what they think he'd become. The athleticism is obviously good to point out. Uh, they probably felt like they liked the Eric Fisher model of left tackle a little better than the Orlando Brown Jr. model of left tackle. Those two guys, uh, very similar production, but they did it two very different ways, right? Orlando Brown Jr. with his his strength, his size, Eric Fisher with athleticism. This is more of a Eric Fisher, although slightly bigger, more size of Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, I'm intrigued, but again, uh, I, this is more of a projection of what they believe Juwan Taylor is going to be than anything. If you pay $20 million for a right tackle, you messed up. Uh, looking at what Andrew Wiley just received, again, you're hoping he's better than Andrew Wiley to begin with at right tackle, but a three-year $24 million uh, deal. So, you know, eight mil per year AAV for Andrew Wiley, uh, 20 million for right tackle would not work. You have to hope he plays out at left. On one hand, I agree with you. There's, they're definitely, and that's an excellent point. They're paying him. They think that he can move into a left tackle role. And that's, that's why the contract is as big as it is. And they likely wouldn't give that money to a right tackle. However, he does have if if the Chiefs go into this right and they now they have the ability to either try to make another move in free agency unlikely or pick up somebody in the draft that they think can play on the right side. They're at the back end of the first round, so they could potentially with the draft assets they have move up and grab a really nice right tackle if they wanted to. But they can come into training camp and say this is what we would like to see happen. 
But now you've got potentially a tackle on a rookie deal, and then you have uh, Taylor, and you also have Joe Tooney. So, like, if there's a just absolute disaster, if he's just a terrible turnstile at left tackle, you got to pa- protect Patrick Mahomes. You could slide him over to the right side. You could try out the rookie. If the rookie doesn't work out, you could you could slide Joe Tooney over. That's not the ideal situation. That's not part of the plan here. But it gives the Chiefs the flexibility, whereas they were coming into the first day of free, of free agency here with no tackles. Andrew Wiley is a, a Washington commander now. So I think a pretty shrewd move by Brett Veach. They're, they're, they're betting on their offensive line coaches. They're betting on uh, Veach's evaluation of the player, the athleticism. And, of course, they're betting on Patrick Mahomes. But I, I, like, I like the deal. Um, I don't see a scenario where it's this disaster that we're talking about, you know, that he just can't block anybody. Um, yeah. I mean, do you think he could come in and do, do you worry that he'll struggle in that first year, though, making the transition? Um, Orlando Brown Jr. struggled a little bit early on. Yeah, I bet early on there'll be some struggles. I mean, it's it's a lot different. It's not the same. You, you talk to guys, NFL offensive linemen, they admit it's different from the left side to the right side, even though it's still tackle uh i like jesus perez what he said andy heck needs athletic offensive tackles i think that's a, a good point andy heck i think wants an uh, a athletic offensive tackle which is again why they're going with Jawan taylor even if it's a you know let's just say aav five plus million five to six million dollar savings over orlando brown jr uh, they think that with the athleticism they can uh, coach him as well as what patrick mahomes does at quarterback being able to extend plays uh, help go away from pressure we talked about the dropbacks last year from Holmes the most in the NFL but it, during the regular season he was sacked 26 times 26 times right yep. he's a master of getting away from pressure uh again they they just think Juwan Taylor's upside in my estimation that's where they're going with this this is a complete upside move uh and it's going to be someone who's going to be more NFL ready at left tackle than anyone you would get at 31 uh, in the NFL draft. Uh, right tackle, again, this is the next concern for Kansas City. Do they stick with Lucas Niang? Is Darian Kennard still factoring into the picture? Uh, is there going to be another rookie drafted? But again, I think right tackle is going to be more of a veteran. Uh, all things considered, Brett Veach, Andy Heck, they deserve our trust. They've given us no reason to doubt them over the past few seasons. I'm not going to sit here and blindly say this is the ultimate move that Kansas City could have made. But again, if a team deserves some credit, some trust, it is this team. I'll say this too. And to the comment that, that Jesus made about, you know, hey, you don't, you don't draft a right tackle in the first round. I, I think we have to break from tradition a little bit about the way that we think about tackles. And it's, it was always, oh, you know, you, you left the blind side. You put your best pass rusher on the left side because the quarterback can't see him coming. That's just not really the way the NFL works anymore. I mean, they move these pass rushers all around. How many times did we see premium pass rushers get lined up across from Andrew Wiley because they thought he was the weak link? Or they'll move, you know, we Chris Jones, defensive tackle, they move to the outside. You need two really strong tackles in the NFL. And so I don't have a problem. Now, I know you don't maybe necessarily want to have a ton of money tied up in both of those tackle positions, but like right tackle is very important as well with the way people move pass rushers around. So I don't think that I would have a huge problem with the Chiefs going in and getting a, a, a rookie, right? You know, first round right tackle or early second round or something like that. If they traded back, if there was somebody that they like and tying up money, and because the, the middle of their line is set, you know, the, the, it, is, it is rock solid. 
So, um, you know, our, our old pal Matt Verderham tweeted this out, but he basically said, if the Chiefs find a right ta- a good right tackle, Mahomes might never get touched. Um, and that is, you know, that is I, that is the that is how this team succeeds. Is yeah. can Patrick does Patrick Mahomes have the time to do what he can do? And if he does, the Chiefs are going to win ninety nine point nine percent of the times because he's that damn good. So if the Chiefs want to go up in there and be like, you know what, we're going to spend our money, and I'm very pro this. For, for this Chiefs team, after what they just did with that group of receivers, I am very pro. Spend your money on the offensive line and edge rushers. Pass rush. Any pass rushers. Don't have to be edge. If you do that, um, I, I think the Chiefs can win by moving other guys around. Um, we just saw Jalen Ramsey get traded to the Dolphins for a third-round pick. And I was curious to hear your thoughts on paying premiums for cornerbacks. When we were talking about on Twitter yesterday, when was the last time the Chiefs had like a lockdown, like kind of superstar quarterback? It'd probably be, you know, um, what, Marcus Peters? Yeah, uh, the Chiefs just have a different philosophy at cornerback than other teams. Other teams, they like the finished product. They, they think they can just throw a guy uh, on a dude and say, hey, we don't have to worry about this guy for the rest of the game. Uh, they did it with uh, Byron Jones. That was the plan. Honestly, fun fact for you guys, I, I was here in Chiefs Kingdom when Byron Jones came uh, came open on the Cowboys, said the Chiefs should go after Byron Jones. Uh, glad they didn't. But then what did they do? He, he's no longer able to play anymore because of injury. We, we feel for Byron Jones, but what happened? They went out and got Jalen Ramsey. They think the elite talent at wide receiver and cornerback will translate to wins. I think the issue for them and reason why they have to play this way, they don't have the quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa is a solid quarterback, but he's not a game changer. If you don't have a game changer at quarterback, the rest of your positions have to have game changers. They think Jalen Ramsey can steal a possession more so than an average corner. That's the way they're betting. Uh, The Chiefs don't have that issue. The Chiefs also do a great job developing corners. That might be their calling card. Some teams, they can develop edge guys. Some teams as linebackers. Some teams as corners. This Chiefs team is cornerbacks. They developed them, unheralded guys from Traverius Ward, who was undrafted and traded for, uh, Legereus Sneed, a fourth rounder, Jalen Watson, uh, Joshua Williams, does not matter. They find ways to plug and play. They haven't found that at edge, but at cornerback they have. There's no reason for Kansas City to spend high-end capital money-wise on corner. Uh, even a first-round corner in Trent McDuffie, that makes more sense because you have him for five years. So I like the Chiefs doing this. Uh, it makes sense for Miami because they don't have the quarterback. And our old pal, uh, Jeff Schwartz, he tweeted this out, former chief, former lineman. Um, he was responding to a, a, another tweet where somebody said, hey, here's the thing with offensive linemen. They develop very slowly. And Jeff replied, they also develop faster with better coaching. The Chiefs offensive line coach is one of the best. Uh, the Chiefs feel Taylor can play left tackle there to be trusted. So this is kind of the thing is you got you to kind of bet on – I mean, this is a team that – if I had told you a few like a few years ago, Andrew Wiley is going to be the starting right tackle for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and they're going to win, I don't know if you would have bought that. You would have been very concerned about that. Um, look at the development of, of, of Andrew Wiley in this situation. A guy who's maybe not your prototypical tackle, but was able to make the transition. Sometimes this stuff comes down to coaching. How can you take this raw talent and raw athleticism that these guys have and help them develop into, you know, solid players for you at certain positions. And what the conversation we just had about cornerback, I think that that drives home the point. 
The Chiefs yeah. believe in their coaching staff. They believe in Andy Reid. And when you have the luxury of having a Pat Mahomes, you can you could take some of these risks because you're not looking at your roster and being like, oh God, you know, like we don't have we don't have a we don't have a Jalen Ramsey cornerback. Well, they don't need one. They're they're trying to build a team, a solid team that's affordable with guys that you know they always talk about like football, football players. They want football players, which is like the most you know, NFL coach speak thing to say ever. We just want some football players, um, but it's working. It's working for the chiefs. And that is how a team that's going to be paying Patrick Mahomes big money. That's how a team like succeeds in the modern day NFL and the salary cap era that keeps winning year after year after year. It's how can we surround our all world quarterback with enough talent for, for him to just kind of take over. And this is another one of those moves I just don't think it's good. He's, he seems like a quality player. So I don't see this like totally blowing up in the Chiefs' face. Maybe it doesn't work yeah. out as well as they hope, but I, I like the flexibility it gives Brett Heath heading into the draft. Uh, a couple of numbers. I don't know if you've hit on them already, but some numbers I want to give you. Uh, per ESPN, after giving up a league-high 40 sacks, posting the 56th best pass block win rate as an offensive tackle uh, from 2019 to 2021, Juwan Taylor only gave up six sacks and finished 37th in pass block win rate among offensive tackles. That's left and right tackles combined this past season. So again, the improvement is there. The numbers quite aren't what you want them to be, but the improvements are are coming and again this is why i think kansas city is using this as a the potential of juan taylor they realize he is not a finished product something also positive with juan taylor he has not missed a game since he came into the nfl 100 of games from 2019 to 2022 100 of snaps in 19 20 and 21 then last year he played 98 percent of snaps so the durability uh that's obviously a major positive for juan taylor yeah, let's go to the let's go to the chat. Let's get some reactions from the Arrowhead addicts out there. If you this is again, this is an emergency special free agency edition of the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. When sometimes when these big moves happen, we just want to jump on and talk football with you guys. We have our uh, uh, we'll have our uh, regular schedule of shows this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, but wanted to to talk to you about this, and and we'll, we might jump back on if choose to do something else. Although this is a pretty big move for them. Um, so let us know your thoughts. Fire away in the chat. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, by the way. Um, Mark Johnson says, give Mahomes an OBJ level left tackle and a number one receiver. Uh, Ronald Rodrigo says, Jason Kelsey and Daniel Jeremiah broke this down in the New Heights podcast. They talked about how to grade offensive lines. Again, with the emphasis today on athleticism, given a baseline measurable, of course. I, I think that's really interesting. You know, Jason Kelsey's always been one of those really athletic offensive linemen that can get downfield and block. Um, you always see him, you know, they'll have a big play and he'll be hustling downfield, opening up more lanes for people. Um, Steven Adkins says, poor Orlando uh, Chiefs front Chiefs front office don't don't play. I mean, I just think that they're really good. I mean, what's your opinion on this, Sterling? I just feel like Brett Veach, he's got a plan. He's, he's, you know, uh, I had Jason Reed from ESPN on last, on last Thursday. And we, and he mentioned, he thought Brett Veach is, was one of the best GMs or maybe the best GM in the NFL. It just seems like Veach is, he's got, he, he knows what's coming up and he knows how much he's willing to pay. And what he doesn't want to do, if he can help it is get himself in, in, in up against the wall when it comes to the salary cap. I and mean, would you agree with that? hundred percent. And I think what's really important is, 
he values, understands a sunk cost. He doesn't double down on decisions very often. I think Frank Clark is one of the ones you can say he doubled down on the trade and then the massive contract. But again, Frank Clark, hard to disagree when you have two rings to show for it. Uh, he doesn't do that. When he makes a bad draft pick, he doesn't say, hey, you know, Brillian Speaks, he was a second rounder. Got to give him some playing time. No, what's he do? He, he, he cuts his losses and moves on. With Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it wasn't a situation of, well, we drafted him in the first round. We have to give him the rock time and time again. Even when he was healthy as he came back in the season, he goes, you know what? Seventh rounder Isaiah Pacheco's playing better. Clyde, you're not on the roster. Like, he understands the value of these situations just because he gave up what amounted to, what, a first-round draft pick for Orlando Brown Jr. It wasn't a case of, well, now we have to pay him because we gave up a first-rounder for him. It was, no, this is an entirely separate deal. Let's treat it as a separate deal. He had a number in mind. He wasn't going over it. That's very powerful and what you want to see from a GM. Brett Veach has done a phenomenal job so far. Yeah, that look, that pick is gone. It's gone. And the Chiefs, like if I told you that the Chiefs are going to trade a first rounder for Orlando Brown Jr., they're going to pay him, they're going to franchise him, and they're going to win a Super Bowl, I think you would have signed up for that, right? After what happened against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Super Bowl that the Chiefs lost. So um, you're, they're looking very good here. We got a great tweet here from... Uh, from our guy, Matt Connor, who was just joining us, he went back to the website to write. He said, random thoughts on Jawan Taylor. Number one, he's grown considerably in four-year career at Jacksonville. Number two, Andy Heck is coaching, uh, as, as coaching is, is, is going to help with the transition. Number three, having Joe Tooney next to him will help even more. Number four, young athleticism on his side to make the leap. And five, Veach deserves benefit of the doubt. Absolutely great. Uh, and then Jeff Kerr from CBS tweeted, Jawan Taylor has the third lowest pressure rate, 2.5% among tackles last season. Um, he allowed 16 pressures and five sacks last season. Of course, again, that was on the right side. Um, but I just, it seems like a smart move for the Chiefs. They get this guy locked down, um, and now they go into the draft and, and the rest of free agency, knowing that they have a hole at right tackle, and they have all of the draft assets to fill that hole if they trust their scouting of these players they should be able to find. And and I feel a lot better about, you know, having a rookie come in to compete for that right tackle spot when you still have Lucas Niang kicking around. They were starting him at right tackle at one point. Obviously the injuries have hit him. He's really an unknown for us as a player, um, but is somebody who can come in there and, hey, bring in the rookie. You got Lucas Niang, let him compete. Um, I wanted to, I, I got to ask you since we're here, old Jimmy G going to a, uh, to the Raiders, uh, is this is this just more of the same for the Raiders? Is it is it Derek Carr in a Jimmy G mask? I mean, they went from the third best quarterback in the AFC West to the third best quarterback in the AFC West. <laughs> uh, they didn't improve. They're not getting younger. Jarrett Stidham is now signing with the Broncos. Um, I don't understand this move from the Raiders. They're obviously thinking they're still in compete now mode. Maybe this is to try and keep Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, keep the offense because they have some pieces, but I don't see Jimmy G being the guy that takes them to the next level. He, he's not as good as Derek Carr, at least not as talented as Derek Carr. The arm strength's not there. Uh, I'm a little confused by this deal. If I were the Raiders, I would have basically torn it down and started from scratch. You're in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers are closer. The Broncos have a better overall roster, and they're going all in, which I want to touch on them before we get out of here. But the yeah. Raiders, they're kind of in no man's land. Um, Jimmy G, 
I feel for him. It's like handsome Squidward compared to Squidward if you're a SpongeBob guy. Like, that's <laughs> what it is. They just got a more attractive Derek Carr. Yeah. Uh, does Does Jimmy G wear the eyeliner, too? <laughs> I okay. think Jimmy G strikes me as a smoky eye guy. Did you see, by the way, the, did you see when they did that thing? I don't know who did it, but a while back where they were like, they did that face changer with NFL quarterbacks and they turned them into to women. And uh, it, um, most of them were, you know, hideous. Um, but Jimmy G, not bad. What are you saying there, Patrick? What are not you saying, bad. Patrick? You're saying Jimmy, B, Jimmy G, he's a good looking guy. He made a good looking woman too. Um, pause, pause. Uh, Adam Marshall says, my theory is that Jimmy G is a bridge for either Richardson or Levis in the draft. Uh, I like that. That's, that's probably a good point. Jimmy G, he is who he is. He's a bridge quarterback. He's yeah. never going to be a franchise guy. He's not taking you to the next level. If you have a phenomenal team surrounding him, like we saw with the 49ers, uh, he's not going to hurt you, but I don't think he elevates you. And I do think he would be a good bridge for one or one of either of those two guys. So that's a very good point, uh, Adam Marshall. Uh, with the Denver Broncos, they're going all in. I don't know how they're finding this money after Russell Wilson, but they are. They're doing a Saints and kicking the can down the road. They signed right tackle Mike McGlinchey, who was a 49er to a five-year, $87.5 million contract, $50 million guaranteed. And then Ben Powers, former Raven, to a four-year, $52 million, $28.5 million guaranteed. Uh, Ben Powers is a guard. A little intriguing Uh, Their offensive line obviously was an issue for the Broncos, but they had the biggest issue at quarterback. Uh, They're going all in. You kind of have to when you're tied to Russell Wilson. You bring in Sean Payton. I get it. But they're throwing a lot of money at two dudes on the offensive line. Just to put it in perspective, Joe Tooney signed a five-year, $80 million contract. He's probably the best left guard in football. Uh, Powers deal is four-year, $52 million. Um, Again, you're looking down the road. Uh, that large contract to a guard not looking as bad now a couple years later. What do you think about the uh, the move to – they signed Jared Stidham from the Raiders to be their backup. Did you catch that one, the Broncos? Yeah, I saw that. That was intriguing. Uh, QB1? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I, I'm a little shocked. I don't know why. You're, you're paying so much money to Russell Wilson. You think paying money to a backup quarterback, a little concerning – unless there's an injury to Russell Wilson that we do not know about. But it sounds like no one wants to play for Josh McDaniels. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's it's not – yeah, people are are fleeing like rats on a sinking ship, Uh, although that ship's been at the bottom of the ocean for for a few years now. Um, uh, Von Bell to the Panthers. Panthers going going all in, um, as we see here from, from our guy Jay Ward. I, I just I, I look I I think we have not pointed out here is that Taylor coming over from the Jaguars, he's coming over from a Doug Peterson system. Now he was only in it for one year, but that's a similar system. Doug Peterson obviously trained under Andy Reid. He's his protege. So that's something as well that I'm sure that the Jaguars would have liked to have brought him back, but I mean, you don't think Andy called up Doug and was like, if if they knew that they weren't bringing him back, was like, hey, tell you know, tell me about this guy. They're good friends. Doug owes Andy a lot. I'm not saying it happened. I'm saying it. It's very likely it could have happened. 
the Chiefs did their due diligence here and they got to see how Taylor played in a similar offense, maybe with similar plays and similar language for an entire year. And so, again, this is, I think, another example of Brett Veach playing checkers when everybody else is playing chess. Orlando Brown Jr., he wanted to bet on himself. And we're going to see how much he's going to pay. You got the, the Chicago Bears out there just throwing around money like crazy. They, they've got like $96 million in cap space. So there's a good chance that Orlando Brown Jr. gets paid what he wants or close to what he wants and that the Chiefs weren't willing to, to do. But if this works out, we, we said it last week when you and I talked, Brett Veach has to have a plan. If he's not going to bring back Orlando Brown Jr., he has to have a plan. Now we know what the plan was on the first day of the tampering period. The Chiefs have a new left tackle. Yeah. Uh, again, for everyone that was late to the conversation, I'm seeing a few people asking, wasn't Juwan Taylor a right tackle in Jacksonville? Yes, he was. The Chiefs game plan is to move him to left tackle. He is going to be the starting left tackle, uh, similar to Orlando Brown Jr. coming over from Baltimore. Uh, he went from right tackle to left tackle. We're going to see the same thing here. If you looked at the left tackle free agent market, I went through it uh, about a week or two ago. Not great. I mean, you're talking about reclamation projects, injury-prone guys like Taylor Lewan, uh, 41-year-old Jason Peters. So what are they doing? They're going to try and transition from a right tackle, move him to left tackle. They think they can based on the athleticism. He's improved year over year in Jacksonville. He's not a finished product. He is 25 years old. Um, again, I, I'm trying to take this as objectively as, objectively as possible because, again, I, I don't think currently where we stand on March 13th of 2023 that he is a better player at left tackle than Orlando Brown Jr. I just don't believe that. But I do think that the Chiefs believe he can become a better option and cheaper than Orlando Brown Jr., which is the way they are going. Also, the athleticism is the biggest sticking point for me. He's more athletic, and Andy Heck and the Chiefs like athletic left tackles. Yeah, and when the Chiefs traded for Orlando Brown Jr., you know they were just getting started. In the, uh, in the makeover of their offensive line. So you remember that offseason, they, they went in with a similar situation. They cut Mitchell Schwartz and they cut Eric Fisher. So you had your two veterans who were dealing with injuries who were a little bit long in the tooth. And we were all kind of like, okay, like the, uh, we, we, you know, the Chiefs had just gotten the crap kicked out of them by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was scary. And then they came out of it, and we were uh, with with a great draft. They found guys deep value, and 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 they they saw they shored up their left tackle position. So I think if you're the Chiefs, if you're a Chiefs fan, which we all are here, everybody should feel pretty happy about this move. They're betting on their coaching staff. They're betting on a young athletic player who's who's not even in his prime yet. Should be entering his prime right now to move him over and try to make him their franchise left tackle. And, and you know what? They might just keep playing money ball like this. If, if, if Juwan Taylor turns out to be a stud left tackle for them and he wants record-setting money when his contract comes up, the Chiefs may just move on from him too, take the compensatory pick, and go get another young right tackle and move him over to left tackle or draft somebody. These are the kinds of moves that you have to make if you're the Chiefs. You can only pay so many people. So you have to be really judicious with your spending and this just fits the mold of how they've been operating along this offensive line. Like maybe they really want to keep Creed Humphrey. That ain't going to be cheap. You know, um, so they're already paying Joe Tooney a ton of money, but I think this is a great place to, to spend the money. 
Um, uh, H-Dub says, Chief should trade for Tunsil. That's off the table at, at this point. Um, he's he's going to be – he would be outrageously expensive. He would cost a ton of draft capital, and they just paid this guy – to come play left tackle. So Tunsil is not, not going to, if, if they did the, the NFL world, the inter- internet would break. I don't know where yeah. they'd find the money also. Yeah. Uh, your, your couch cushion, Patrick, they'd find it right there. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. I see a good one from, uh, well, let me find it really quickly. A good comment from uh, Jim mint city collectibles. Juwan will not get run around by speed rushers like Orlando Brown jr. And I think that's a really good point. If you were frustrated with speed rushers attacking and getting around Orlando Brown jr. This is the move for you. Now uh, bull rushers, some power guys, they could get the better of Jawan, but this is the way they're going. They, they went with the athleticism route over the uh, the size route. And again, Jawan Taylor, not a small dude by any means, but that's just the way they are going. Uh, again, I, I'm waiting to see. Uh, I, I don't want to just get too high and praise Br- Brett Veach for every single move he makes. But again, he does deserve some credit, some trust for the moves he has made. Uh, he did shore up the biggest concern for the Kansas City Chiefs already on March th- on March 13th, which is left tackle. So that has to be a positive. Um, I see another comment. Chris Jones dead set on retiring a chief. I sure hope so. That's another question mark right there. Yeah. You're seeing, you know, Javon Hargrave uh, signing a very large contract. Deron Payne signing a very large contract. Chris Jones already made it pretty well known. He wants to become the second highest paid interior defensive tackle in the NFL. That is going to be pretty expensive. Um, you mentioned Creed Humphrey. The Chiefs have not paid sinners in the past, right? Nope. Uh, Rodney Hudson, Mitch Morse, uh, great sinners who they eventually let walk. Um, you know, we've seen it at cornerback. Maybe it's different this time at center, but I don't know for sure. Uh, maybe this is a situation where they, they're trying to save a little bit of money at left tackle going this route instead of Orlando Brown Jr. So they might actually be able to keep a luxurious need to keep a Creed Humphrey, two positions that they no, don't normally spend a lot of money at. Rodney Hudson was a great player. Um, I think Creed Humphrey is a guy that it's early, but he's on track to be a really, really good player. Like that might be a guy that you want to resign. Mitch Morse was too, though. Mitch Morse was too. The concussions obviously got to him and that may have been the concern, but Mitch Morris was also one of those centers where you're like, this might be the best center in the NFL uh, and the chiefs let him go. Yeah. I mean, they, they very well may, but I don't know, man, I, I can make an argument for keeping Creed and, and Patrick together for the long haul. Um, oh, I hope they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got, I mean, they got to find the money. Somebody in the chat said, um, you know, hey, oh, it was uh, Adam says, but what if he's not the answer? He still gets $60 million guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, look, Adam, that's – when you're bringing, in a, you're bringing in somebody to start at left tackle for you, you're going to have to pay them. And so you, you better be right. You know, you know what I mean? Like the, it, it's the same thing if they drafted somebody, uh, if they – if they signed Orlando Brown Jr., right? Like I was advocating for, I was like, hey, I don't know who else you're going to bring in. Maybe you should just pay him and it's a premium position. You know what he is. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe if I was the GM and I re-signed Orlando Brown Jr. and overpaid a little bit and then he goes in and blows out his knee or, or continues to be average, I look like a clown, right? So there's risk involved in making these moves. But Brett Veach, again, he's betting on himself. He's betting on his his coaching staff and and their evaluation of this player, they hit more often than they, they, they miss. So um, I like that. You mentioned yeah. Chris Jones, Sterling. I thought we should talk about him for a minute. He tweeted over the weekend 
somebody said, hey, do you have your extension coming? And, you know, he said, essentially, I'm, I'm not reading it verbatim here, but I'm never going to play for another franchise. I'm a chief for life. Do you think that that means that either one, he knows something we don't, which is that they're close and they know what it's going to be, or two, and maybe it's a combination of these, that he might give the Chiefs a little bit of a discount? I think it's more one than two. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more one than two. I love Chris Jones, but he's a guy who I don't want to say was about his money, but remember that first extension, first extension is pretty adamant that he wanted to get paid. Uh, I don't disagree with him. He's the second best, if not the best, interior defense alignment in the NFL. That dude deserves to get paid. Uh, maybe he takes a slight discount, but I don't think it's anything dramatic. Uh, he's not going to be taking a contract that's $18 million per year. It's yeah. going to be a large, large contract. I assume that tweet would mean there's something um, in the works or something almost done. So I would say, yes, they, he, he knows something more than we do. Yeah, and look, I mean, this is a guy you've got to bring back. He makes everybody else on the defense better. He should have a few more years at a top, be able to play at a top level. Even in the Super Bowl, the Nick Bolton fumble. Why was Nick Bolton able to get cleanly through the line and put pressure on Jalen Hurts to make him switch hands where he had the ball and then fumble it? It was because Chris Jones was getting double teamed. They wanted to take Chris Jones out of that play. Um those are the kinds of things that you don't always see. Sometimes people will look at the box score and say, well, where was, where was Chris Jones sacked? And it's like, hold on a second. <laughs> they are accounting for this guy. He is occup- occupying two dudes on most plays and still does what he does. He's a special player. He's really the only, you know, you can make an argument that, you know, Nick Bolton's coming along and there's some other talent on that defense, but he's the guy on the defense. He's the, he's the son that the solar system revolves around. Um, and the Chiefs need him. So you got to get this one done. That's just one. Like, if you're looking at, do we sign Orlando Brown Jr. or Chris Jones? I mean, this isn't even a discussion. Uh, Wesley Silva has a uh, question here. Do you think now is the time to wait for the other teams to spend a lot and look for cost-effective options? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to try and do what the Patriots method was, which is you have your core group of guys, which in this case I believe is Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones. Those three the Chiefs keep at all costs. Around those three, you kind of mix and match. You kind of mix and match. You find some cost-effective options. I think at wide receiver, uh, that's definitely going to be the more cost-effective option. You wait to see some of the big names come off the board. Uh, there aren't a ton of big-name free agent wide receivers. Maybe Alan Lazard, if you make the case for him. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, surprisingly, is one of the bigger names as a wide receiver free agent. But the Chiefs aren't going to overpay. They, they got it done without a elite wide receiver last year. There's no reason for them to say, all right, DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to be 31. Uh, we saw what happened to Julio Jones about the same age. Uh, you, he fell off a cliff. I, I don't see them making a big deal for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't see them going out and bringing in a, a legitimate, bona fide superstar wide receiver one. I think they do wait back a little bit, wait for the market to cool, then make some moves, especially at wide receiver. Yeah, and they don't need to. I mean, I think that's the thing, right, is they don't need to do anything crazy here. Because of this move, they've got, okay, they've got a tackle, one of the tackle positions, no matter what, locked up. It's going to be the left tackle. And now they can go into the draft. They don't need to make any crazy moves. We've, we've heard reports that they plan to, they want to bring back largely the same group of pass catchers around Patrick Mahomes. They have a very high amount of confidence and belief in Kadarius Tony to be able to move in and be their number one receiver. So a report like that 
lends us to believe that they were, are going to try to get something done with Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll see how it all plays out, but they want to bring him back. If that's the case, there, there aren't any crazy pressing needs that the Chiefs need to go out of their way to sign some big-name free agent and tie up a bunch of money in a veteran when they're going into the NFL draft with a ton of picks, the ability to move around and get the guys they want, and really just one glaring issue, which is the right tackle spot. So they can go into this draft, find the right tackle, and let good players come to them I think they're in a really admirable spot. You know, like the, we're, we've had conversations this offseason already about, like, gee, what are they going to do a backup quarterback? You know, I mean, like, oh, so Bumpus says Kadarius Tony wide receiver one with WTF Beach. I think, I think what you're hearing, Bumpa, is that they think that he's the best receiver that they have, the most talented receiver. I think when you look at this team, the number one receiver is Travis Kelsey. Okay. And after that, they just won the Super Bowl. They spread the ball out among guys like MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster and Watson, and they rotated guys in. And I, they were like pretty much unstoppable all season long playing that way. So, I, you know, if if Tony gets better a whole offseason in the system, working with the Chiefs training staff, then, yeah, man, like you could see him get targeted more than anybody else. But that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to go for 1,600 yards or something like that. The Chiefs or a team that feels they don't need a Tyreek Hill. They don't need a Justin Jefferson type because they have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and they're going to have them next year, and they just won the Super Bowl without that sort of number one alpha wide receiver. So why wouldn't you believe that a whole year of Kadarius Tony, he could end up being the guy that gets the most receiving yards for your team as far as receiving yeah. The key is for for him is health. Obviously, that's going to be the main concern all year long. It's going to be health. Uh, don't want to get into a, another Sammy Watkins situation. Um, again, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl with the leading wide receiver yards at nine thirty three, which was Juju Smith Schuster. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be intriguing. They don't need to have that legitimate bona fide wide receiver one. Juju Smith Schuster is a really really good. Uh, top of the line wide receiver two MVS is probably a top of the line wide receiver three uh, Kadarius Tony talented but injury prone McCall Hardman um, was fine um, and then Justin Watson who was you know not brought back to Tampa Bay and the Chiefs turned him into a legitimate piece whoever Mahomes is throwing to uh, he finds a way to get it done uh, hell, he hit Marcus Kemp on a crucial third down in the playoffs. He literally can find anyone and make them uh, make it work. This is going to be a very exciting few days here, I think, because you've got the Aaron Rodgers thing hanging around out there. It'll be interesting to see Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Hardman, and as far as Chief stuff goes, Chris Jones extension. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled on your YouTube, your YouTube notifications. Make sure you hit that, that little subscribe button. Make sure you have notifications turned on because just like we did today, at any given moment, the Chiefs could do something and we could just hop on and try to talk it out with you guys uh, on the fly, which is always a lot of fun. I love this time of year. And then we'll be getting ready for the draft. So um, this is what it's going to be like. If the Chiefs make any other significant moves, we'll hop on here. In the meantime, make sure you keep your eyes peeled on the Arrowhead Attic Twitter account and arrowheadaddict.com to get the breakdown. We actually had an article just a couple of days ago, literally about Jawan Taylor, that one of our contributors wrote a fantastic breakdown. So you can go and find that. I think it was Josh Fan wrote that. Um, so, you know, these guys know what they're doing over on the written side of arrowheadaddict.com. Uh, Sterling, I know you're get, you got some radio to do today. So uh, where can folks listen to you if they want to get some more? 
Yeah, check it out. ESPN Kansas City in about 15 minutes, 3 to 4 p.m. Central, uh, 1510 a.m., 94.5 f.m. Uh, also on the Home Stretch podcast page will be up uh, probably about an hour after that. But yeah, we'll be talking all this, talking some March Madness. Uh, we are local here, so we'll be talking KU, K State, Mizzou basketball. A look at their bracket, see where they progress to. But obviously, we'll be talking a lot about Jawan Taylor as well. Hardest working man in radio here. Sterling Holmes driving on his way to work, hops on the podcast, puts in another 45 minutes. Make sure you check out his show this afternoon for more Chiefs talk. And uh, I noticed he didn't invite me on a show today, first day of free agency. But, you know, it's, it's what it is. <laughs> it's what it is. Um, I'll be around. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining this special bonus stream. Make sure you go listen to Sterling. Read arrowhadag.com. And uh, at the very least, we'll be back. Sterling will be back tomorrow with Matt Connor at the regularly scheduled time, unless something else goes down. So keep your eyes on YouTube. For Sterling Holmes, for Matt Connor, for producer Richard, my name is Patrick Allen. Sorry for the stream issues. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. But until then, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.